Hello and welcome to Ignite, the show where we hope to ignite your passions by talking to industry professionals about what it is that they do and how it was that they came to be doing their roles. So I'm joined by Emily White. Now, Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Yes. Uh, my name is Emily White. I'm 27 from Meridian, Mississippi, all the way in the U.S. And uh, I play country music. So how long have you been a country singer? I get this question a lot on when I started professionally. So it's kind of my first professional gig. I was about 16 years old. So almost about 11 years I've been doing this. 11 years awesome and where, where did it all start so, so what was Emily like as a as a young person what she oh wow uh well as a youngin as a <laughs> small little cherub uh, my mom was a singer and she did country music in Nashville so I grew up in honky tonks listening to my mom on stage in country music so that's where it started and when I was about nine or ten I decided to just pursue it full time because I got this big standing ovation from singing crazy by Patsy Cline. Like I could get used to this. So when people get paid for this, so I decided to learn to play music. I started on piano and I wasn't too terribly good at it. So I decided to swap over to guitar and I've been, been playing ever since. I know you've got um, a couple of songs that you want to play. So we'll get into those a little bit later. Yeah. So what kind of, what was your, was it just following in your mum's footsteps? Was she kind of like the, your inspiration, so to speak? Or? Oh yeah, of course. My mom, she had two children when she started, started singing, uh, me and my brother. And we um, kind of followed her around on her little tours and, and things like that. My dad, uh, my dad helped along. He was Mr. Mom a lot of the times on the weekends, taking care of me and my brother. And um, it was, uh, it was a wonderful experience. Um so my brain just left me. What was the question? I just went on a little tangent. <laughs> no, it's fine. So basically, uh, you know, so we're talking about your, your mum being an inspiration. And uh, you're, yeah. talking about, you're talking about your dad looking after you and stuff as, as a young and then, yeah. Yeah, mom, mom, was, mom was the inspiration. She was the one that kind of started me in my music career. I wanted to be like her. And uh, that was kind of what I wanted to do with my life when I was nine, nine or ten. And I've, I've been trying to follow it. I picked up odds and end jobs, you know, like all teenagers do. I worked at a restaurant, worked at plenty of restaurants. I worked at a, as a CNA for a while. For those in the UK, we don't have, we don't know, may know, may not know what CNA means. Oh, of course. The CNA, it's a certified nursing assistant. So it's just, um, I worked at a, at a nursing home and I helped take care of all the, all the patients there. So it was, it was a wonderful experience, but it was kind of like one of those placeholders while I was still on the weekends playing shows during the week I had my nine to five job. That must've been an awesome experience. Um, and my, uh, I've, I've got to, you know, some relatives that worked in nursing homes and um, mm. they, they've, they've come home with some catalog of stories from, from the day. And, full of, full of fondness in, in nursing homes. Um, so how, how long were you kind of, were you there? Were you just playing shows 
in the weekends and and stuff how long were you doing that for before shows really took up took on hold oh well um well i was uh sort of a nursing assistant from when i was about 19 or 20 uh on for like two or three years and i was still trying to make a name for myself in music and just playing shows on weekends, odds and ends shows, trying to get my name out there, you know, giving out free EPs and, and trying to get people to follow my page and come to my shows. And um, it took a lot of work to get to where I am now, but I, I had a nine to five job up until, gosh, what was it? Three years ago, three or four years ago where I quit my job and I just started pursuing music professionally as a career. And that's my one, my one job is, is music. How hard was it to get that support? behind you or to get the oh obviously you've got your parents and stuff behind you but and you've got fans but how hard was it to get that behind you to make that jump yeah to make it to where it was my career it took years it took years in the making it took so long to to establish myself enough to be able to rely on this job completely um instead of having the extra income now I can officially just pursue my music because I've just now got my footing and it's it's eight, nine years in the making before I could quit my job and, and just pursue this. And I feel like that's, that's, that's the story for a lot of musicians, a lot of up and coming musicians that didn't just have an overnight success, you know, and where they can wake up and just chase their dreams. It, it takes so much work and people don't think about that. They don't think about how, how long it takes for you to be able to, to pursue this full time. Um, most musicians that I know still have a job. They went to college and they have that degree under their belt and they're mm. still working. And I'm blessed just to be able to do this, mm. just music. Uh, mm. It's a wonderful support system that I have. Mm. Go, go, going back into to early learning, because uh, of course you didn't, were you, were you a natural uh, singer or did, was it something that you had to develop? Or what was it? kind of your mom kind of guiding you singing wise yeah. or that was the biggest thing I was um I guess I was born with the talent because my mom my mom's a singer she can sing like a bird and I got that from my mom I, I tell people all the time I definitely didn't get it from my dad because he can't carry a tune in a bucket but uh <laughs> so it's mainly my mother <laughs> but I give I give all the kudos to my dad for always being my biggest fan he's still my biggest fan he comes to all my shows and um, but the talent aspect of it came from my mom. I watched her growing up and I saw how, how much she loved being on stage and the talent that came out of her. She just, it poured on over to me being in the same household, listening to her all the time and singing with her. So I guess I got my chops from just growing up around mom singing all the time. So what is it that makes a good country song? I've always wanted to find out. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the big question for people. Uh, I don't know. I love country music because it's it's such a relatable genre. I feel like anybody, if they can get past the, it's stigmatized a lot of on what what's in a country song. You, know, you got trucks and beer and ex wives and dogs. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of country songs like that, but I don't know what makes a good country song. It's about experience, I think. Um, just a in in the states or in the south where I'm from we all lived a really similar life growing up. Um, it depends on the age range, but in the South, there are values that just, they cast on through generations, you know, just um, being respectful and knowing how to make cornbread, you know, <laughs> being able to raise your children with respect and, and 
and the love of life. And it's, it's just those basic, those basic things that we learned as kids, everybody in the South learned it's relatable. Everybody can relate to a country song. Have you visited outside? Have you been to the UK at all? Mm -mm. I actually, I went today to go get my passport because I've never been out of the country ever. I've never been in a commercial air flight in my whole life. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never been. I want to, I really want to, but I haven't yet. Where, where would you go first? I have no idea. Um, it was so funny because we had, with my label, we were going to set up a little tour of the UK right before, it was just right before COVID hit. We had no idea it was streamlining its way to the States. And I had all these plans to go out of the country and come to you guys, you know, for about a month or two, do some shows. But then COVID hit and everything shut down. And so things kind of got delayed. So we're still waiting on the, on the dates over in the UK, but literally anywhere. Anywhere out of the States, I'd be more than happy to go to, <laughs> to get out of the South for a little bit, you know, spread, now, spread my music around. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 honestly, the, 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 the more places that you can visit, I'm sure, I, I don't know how you would go about promoting. I'm sure you've got a, a team behind you. Um, how would you go about, um, obviously, you'd come on to spots like this, I guess. <laughs> of course. I, I don't know. I've never, um, I've never scheduled a real big tour before the only the furthest that i've been i just got back from taos new mexico which is about 18 hours or so towards california down that away and i was there for about a month or so um that's i planned out myself i planned to go to this one town and book shows around in the surrounding towns so i was there booked a bunch of shows now as it goes for i don't know a different country tour i have i have no idea i have no idea how to start promoting for it i have no idea how to book it <laughs> like these you guys have never heard me over there you know it's like well here's my music please like it and book me for a show i would love to come see you <laughs> you know I, I would i would imagine there would there's a lot of people that would have heard you or maybe they they're listening to this podcast and they go actually where can i listen to him so obviously you're going to play us a, a a track what song would you like to play us Oh, any kind of interviews I do, I love to sing Child of Mississippi because that's my that's my favorite song that I've written so far. And it's the title track to my newest album, Child of Mississippi. And I wrote that song. I was I was living in Georgia for a long time. I lived in Mississippi. I was raised like the first 10 years of my life in Quitman, Mississippi. And so my dad, he lost his job because of the housing market crash. And so we were moving all over the place. And mom and dad wanted their kids to, to have just uh, the continuity of middle school and high school. So when we got to, we lived in Alabama for a bit. We moved to Georgia when I was in, I think, sixth grade. So we stayed in this one house all through middle school and high school and graduated in Gainesville, Georgia. And then I, we were in Georgia for such a long time. And then mom and dad came back to Mississippi and I stayed in Georgia for about a year. And I had the worst writer's block of my life. I couldn't, I could not write a song to save my life. I sat there and I tried to write, tried to write, never finished anything. And I was like, I miss home. I miss my mom. Uh, so I just, <laughs> I, I packed my things up and I went back, came here to Mississippi. And it wasn't, it wasn't very long after I got home that I sat down at this table and this is, it's in this house. 
Um, my dad, my grandpa built this house from the ground up. I grew up in this house, you know, and they have this massive, this massive dining room table. It has to be at least eight, eight, nine feet long and solid oak. I sat down at this table and I started writing and I couldn't stop writing. And Child of Mississippi is one of those songs that fell out of me. It's about all the things that I did growing up here. I get real nostalgic and you know, all the memories came back from being in this house as a kid. So it's all the shenanigans and things that I got into when I was a youngin. <laughs> I don't want it to be too loud. So if it's too loud, just tell me. in our toes climbing those pine trees running from bumblebees looking up at bluebird skies fishing with cane poles bottling up fireflies roasting marshmallows skinny tipping at me My magnolia memories guiding me back home. I know I'll always be no matter where I roam. I am a child of Mississippi. Picnics on the ground, the call of the whippoorwill. When the sun goes down, hear that mockingbird singing a song to me.
beautiful and you have such the most loveliest pipes i've ever heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> thank you honestly i as soon as as soon as i heard your voice way back because I, I heard you a couple of, oh, it, a year or so a couple of years ago back mm-hmm. and as soon as i heard your voice i, I literally i was like I, i've got to play her so i i it's like i <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's got to be on my show. I've got to, and, and I was like, I've got to talk to this woman because this woman, she, she's just amazing. <laughs> and Thank you. Had, and here, here we are, finally face to face. And good. here we are, well, face to face, so to speak. <laughs> yes, so to speak. So, um, <clears throat> how many? Uh, how well? Going back into a child of Mississippi, you, you, you were talking about your. Um, um, the 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 times of, of your of your um, writing and your your youth and you were going back into quite some deep memories there what was it like processing those deep memories oh wow um I had such a wonderful childhood and I'm so lucky to have that because I know a lot of kids don't but I've had the support of my family since I was a kid they've they've always pushed me to be the best I can be and to follow my dreams no matter mm-hmm. what or how silly or ridiculous they may be. It's just, you can be whoever you want, you know? And I wanted to be a rock star. So it's kind of, but growing up, growing up in the South, you know, we climb trees, we scant our knees up. We uh, run around barefoot everywhere, chasing butterflies and picnics in the ground and skinny dipping at midnight and all that, you know, little, little shenanigans. Skinny dipping at midnight. Skinny dipping at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. It's amazing. That's what it's a normal thing down here. There's so many things to get into in the South, you know. But we don't I, even have in our gardens these days. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, there's there's many places that do, but if you're earning like millions of pounds, then, then yeah, you probably do. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Some of us might have a hot tub, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Well, yeah. I live on about I think it's 86 acres out here. Uh, 86 I, acres of land. So we have a lot of, it's, it's, it's big. It's pretty large. It's wonderful though. It's like I said, this is my, this was my grandparents' house before we came back home to live here. And so I grew up here. We have the, I learned to swim down there at the pond. We got a pier that comes about halfway through. It's got a gazebo in the middle and it's got another walkway down the end of it. So it goes all the way across the pond. And my mom and dad just threw us in there with um, our little life jackets on to learn how to swim with our dogs and everything. So we got two ponds. We got that one. We got the catfish pond and we got trees, pine trees all over the place. So I, it's a wonderful place to be. I couldn't imagine living in a city in a one acre. That's so small. <laughs> it it sounds it, like you can literally just, if you, if you are bored one day, you can literally just take a step, walk outside. And literally, <laughs> it just sounds like one of them places where you can literally just go for a walk around your own grounds yeah it's wonderful we have little we have trails we have trails all over the place we've got um we've got deer fields we've got lanes that go back there my mom and my dad when uh before they got their house that that we lived in in Quitman 
we had an acre of property on the back of this property that and a, and a trailer that I grew up in the first years of my life. Um, so there's just trails all over the place that lead to wherever you want to go here. It's beautiful. Awesome. You should come visit. <laughs> oh, I would love to. Absolutely, I would love to. Um, so I take you, you, you like enjoy like meditations and stuff like that. Do you, do you kind of like go when you go out there and you go for these long walks? Do you kind of mm-hmm. you know like to? Um, mull over ideas it's kind of like writing songs that come to you at the strangest times it's whenever you try to sit down to write one you cannot find the words but when you're just walking down a road or you're just down there fishing or uh we do <laughs> i make a funny joke it's like we have we have so much pasture and we get on tractors a lot so we got a bush hog and cut the grass and all that that's a real good time to be alone with your thoughts when you're cutting the grass with your little earmuffs on you're driving you get little song ideas that come to you <laughs> It's the most redneck thing, but it's true. It works. But meditations, it's different down here in the South. We don't, we don't sit and do yoga and all that. We kind of, we go hunting or we go fishing or we, we sit in the field and have a picnic or um, spend time with your family. It's kind of meditations different for everybody. For mm-hmm. me, it's, it's, I don't have to worry about my work because I love my job. So just sitting with my family or just sitting down at the pier watching the fish or feeding our catfish, you know, getting our catfish and, and feeding our catfish down there. It's like a good time to be alone with your thoughts and just be grateful for what you got. It's just like, that's my meditation is going outside, touching the grass. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. What advice would you give a musician who's, who's, who's very um, timid, shy, they are, they're, they're a bedroom musician, so to speak. They're, they're scared of doing that first performance. What advice would you give? I got to put myself in the shoes of the first time I had to, had to get in front of a crowd as a professional, you know, but I was, my first show was in front of a, a restaurant. That's when I first started playing. Um, but advice to give to somebody who's afraid to get on stage and get in front of people and, and spill their guts really if you're singing an original song you're 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 opening your diary for these random people that you don't even know it's horrifying it is scary and but taking that first step it's so cliche but taking that first step once you get onto that stage and you sit down and you start singing you, you just you get over that first performance of opening your heart to these these strangers and once you're done with it it's it's like ripping off a band-aid you're good after the first one, you get out there and you, you realize how good it feels to sing your song to somebody else instead of just yourself or your family and, and getting the applause and, and the recognition that you deserve for writing that song and singing it in front of them, having the courage to do that. Um, that's enough to fuel you to do the next show and to get in front of people. So you, you obviously you had that experience like at, at nine, let's say. Some... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> let, let, let's, let, let's say somebody at like, like my age, 37. Yeah. <laughs> For example, you know, um, it, it's I, mean, I, I thankfully um, I've you know, I've I've had a bit of experience in performing, um, uh, which is nice. But none of it's been original material. It's all been classical pieces. It's all been mm-hmm. kind of, you know, put together by, uh, by classical composers because that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that I've learned over the years. So doing original material is something that's that's not so uh, easy to me. Mm-hmm. 
when you took your first steps in the studio and you started working with other musicians and you started working on these albums, what did it feel like? I can tell you. <laughs> I was, was it when I was nine, I did get my first performance in front of like 5,000 people and I sang a cover. I sang a song, a Patsy Cline. And it was easy for me because I was nine and mom plucked me off the field on this flatbed trailer and I couldn't see anything because the lights were just in my face. And I wasn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have a care in the world like I do as an adult that I worry about what people think of me. When I was nine, I just grabbed that mic and ran on stage and I was good. Popped the lollipop back in my mouth when I was done singing and went to play football. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, but as an adult, it's different. And studio time is different because the first album that I ever recorded, gosh, I was 16. I think I was 16 years old. I got my first album that I recorded and it was horrifying. It was a scary time um, because I, I had only imagined what it would feel like and I thought I'd prep myself for how it would feel to step into a real recording studio and it's like oh I got this I wasn't cocky but I was confident because I, I knew that I was good and um I had the chops to do this I, the moment I stepped in, into that studio I was wide-eyed my eyes were as big as saucers everything's so nice and shiny and this is for real this is happening to me right now I'm recording an album and I, at the, the recorder's booth, they have a big old soundboard, like a big old soundboard, right? And there's a big glass right in front of the soundboard and the engineer and anybody who's standing behind the engineer, i.e. my family standing behind them. So it's like all these eyes were looking at me like I was a fish in a fish tank. And I'm here, a little 16 year old me with these, these headphones on, I got the mic in front of my face. I've got my words and my lyrics to my songs. And I, nothing comes out of me. <laughs> I'm just standing there. The music starts. My brain is somewhere in, in a, another realm. You know, I'm, I'm freaking myself out. And it was, it was, a. Uh, it wasn't scary because I knew I could do it, but it was the first time. And I knew that there were expectations of what I should sound like. And I psyched myself out. And I still have that CD somewhere and you can hear the fear in my voice, <laughs> you know, the trembles and I'm just shaking. And, and um, sometimes it's good to listen back to it to see how far I've come. But other times I'm like, I don't want to listen to that because I'm so much better now. I'm confident in my voice and I've been in so many studios these days, but going into that studio for the first time, oh my Lord, it was, it was scary. I felt this big, so small. <laughs> I think probably the most nerve wracking time I've had in a studio is when you I started singing something and the producer stops me. And I'm going, okay. what was wrong with what, what have I done? <laughs> Do it again. Oh, God. <laughs> what was wrong with the first time? I just don't get it. What, 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 what do you want? So just do it again. Just do it again. And they do it like six or seven times. You know, like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> yep. Yeah, of course. You have to do it like it feels a hundred different times before you can get the best take. And when they tell you to stop, it's like, oh no, got to do it again. That's what it was with this past album. And then I, I recorded it when I was, I think, 25, 26. I'm 27 now. So I think I was 25, about to be 26 when I recorded this last album. 
And it's the same. It's the exact same way. You walk into a studio, you get settled in, you get your lyrics, you get the mic in front of you, your headphones, everything's leveled out perfect. And you start singing and you think you're doing such a good job. She's doing all the notes perfectly. It's like, da, 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 da. do it again. What do you want me to fix? <laughs> I thought it was great. I don't know. But it's just, it's just getting the perfect set, the perfect cut. You know, you do it seven, eight, nine times. Maybe that tenth time is going to be perfect. You know, you just got to keep doing it until it's right. And yet it's still they, scary. Go, they always go back to the first take. And yes. I, that's what it was. <laughs> I swear on Hello Darling, on Hello Darling on my album. That was the first take that I ever did of that song. Walked in the studio, recorded it seven, eight, nine times. Took the first take, one cut, the whole thing. Well, dang it. <laughs> you could have told me the first one was perfect and I'm just going to the next song. <laughs> but, move on to the next one. Well, the thing is, the more you do it, the more you start to overthink it. If you do it 12, 13, 14 times on that 13th or 14th time, you're just going to be over it. You're going to overthink it and you're not going to, you're not going to give it your best. It becomes so mechanical after that. Yeah. Cause you know what to do. And it's just like, I'm singing the notes. There's no feeling because you're burnt out on it. You know? That's right. Cause it, obviously you got the fire in there initially when you first start, cause you've, mm -hmm. you've got the, the emotion, the passion, the, the feelings, where the song comes from. You've got all yeah. those things in your heart and you're performing it into, you know, into the mic and, and what have you. And after that, it just you're right it, it just does. becomes so it just it, it's physical. mechanical it's one of those things it's just it's not even second nature it's just a mindless singing because you know what to expect my but you, my dad's giving me something hang on <laughs> wait wait oh yeah okay yeah he's giving me song requests from the side bye dad bye dad, <laughs> bye, dad. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I'm gonna do this song next. This is a song that was done by George Jones back in, gosh, I think the 70s or the 60s or 70s. And so Chris Stapleton got a hold of it. He redid the whole thing. I mean, generally it's the same song, the same lyrics, the same tune, but it seems like it's tuned down to a minor chord. And it just, it sounds so much better. <laughs> I love George Jones. I went through a whole George Jones phase when I was 15. I fell in love with George Jones. Uh, but this version of the song, Tennessee Whiskey, is my absolute favorite. Um, so this is Tennessee Whiskey. George Jones, this is like the interpretation from Chris Ableton. Does it sound good? Move a little bit back. Just a little bit. I'll play softer. Play softer. Houston spend the nights out in a barn Liquor was the only love I know But you rescued me from reaching for the bottle Brought me back 
from being too far gone. Is Tennessee whiskey? You're as sweet as strawberry wine. You're as warm as a glass of brandy and honey I stay stoned on your love all the time I will look for love in all the same old places Found the bottom of the bottles always dry. But when you put out your heart, I didn't waste it. Cause there's nothing like your love to get me high. This Tennessee whiskey, you're as sweet as strawberry wine, you're as warm as a glass of brandy. Honey, I stay stoned on your love all the time. Mm -hmm. Tennessee whiskey, you're as sweet as strawberry wine, as warm as a glass of brandy. And honey, I stay stoned on your love all the time. And honey, I stay stoned on your love all the time. <laughs> My dad. The audience. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs>
Honestly, ah, uh, that's that's I've never heard that song before. Really? I'm serious. I've never heard that before. And honestly, you could have got away with telling me that that, that you wrote it because it's just. I, so wish. <laughs> I wish I wrote that song. Oh my gosh, I wish I did. It's a wonderful song. Beautiful song. What is your favorite song to perform? My favorite song of in mm. general that I've written, or just in general. In general, what's your, what's your well, both. Let's, let's go with both. Ah, oh, gosh. Okay. You say the one in, in general, my favorite song. It's so hard to ask a musician that. You know this. It's so hard <laughs> to pick a song. I have so many because I grew up on good old classic country. Okay. Um, okay. I'll make it a little easier. <laughs> okay. What is your, what's your favorite, um, uh, I would say genre, but what's your favorite kind of, um, style um so i know you do obviously a lot of country but do you prefer fast country or do you prefer you know tender oh yeah country you know i'm a sucker for a good ballad i'm so bad about it because i learned a lot of slower country songs but i do like the honky tonk kind of songs where they're as upbeat dancing songs you know yeah. but I, I love i love the slow country and those sappy love songs and I just, I love those so much they're that's my favorite but I do like the upbeat stuff too I like the 90s country and the early 2000s country is really great but then you can go all the way back to the Patsy Cline mm. Loretta Lynn Kitty Wells um you've got so many amazing classic country female singers that my Patsy Cline is my all-time favorite I love her so much have you heard of Patsy Cline I've heard of Patsy Cline. She's amazing. Okay, good. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, She's we, my we favorite. Definitely, definitely <laughs> We're good. I, mean, I okay. I, I, I kind of, I grew up on Garth Brooks and uh, Toby Keith. Okay. They're the two main ones that I, that I grew up with. Patsy Cline, definitely. She wasn't a massive, uh, my mother wasn't a massive Patsy Cline fan as such, but um, it was more my dad. That's where oh. I get country influence from. It's my dad more than anything. Um, he, he's uh, he and I are both suckers for lyrics. Yes, we are just heavily into lyrics. I love it so much, and that's what people they rag on country music a lot of the times, because um, the newer the newer country is so predictable with their lyrics. They're not. Mm. That's why I appreciate the classic countryside, like the Chris Christophersons of the world, the songwriters mm. that that are just wonderful lyricists, and they paint these beautiful pictures. And then you have certain country artists that they write about the things that other countries make fun of us for when it comes to country music, you know, the yeah. time, <laughs> all the basic things that you're, you're expecting them to write about, but the love and the heartbreak and the loss. And like, you know, Chris Gustafson is one of the most wonderful writers that I've encountered in a long time. And the way he can string together these, these verses and gosh, it's amazing. So I want to be like that. I want to be like one of the Chris Christophersons, but also have, Really fun, upbeat songs, you know, too that are that are easy for people to to dance to and sing along to. But lyrics, I'm a sucker for some good lyrics. I am. Of course, you mentioned Chris Cross, Chris Crossover because he's kind of uh, known for because he went from music and country into acting. That was a yeah, bit of a, yeah. So he, he kind of made that leap. Do you think that that might be something that you'd be interested in doing later on in in your career? Or? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, no, see, I am not a great actress. I, I love music videos and I love to do that because 
um, I'm really good at having a guitar and singing to a camera because I have my, my little guitar. Like I'm, it's my little safe spot. I'm good with this. Uh, but when it comes to, to act, my acting chops, I'm not terrible at it. I don't think, but I don't think I'm going to quit my day job, my music, you know, to pursue a film on the silver screen. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> well, unless you become a musician in, in the film, whatever it is. Whatever what the is film. Different? Yeah. I'm actually, there's a, there's a, there's a film that one of our local people are putting together. Um, it's finding hope, finding, oh, what is it? Losing hope, finding grace. And it's a Christian-based film, and they they actually use some of our property for the for the filming as well. But I have a part in there where, I, where I'm the I'm the girlfriend, but I'm me with a different name. I'm a musician. I sing country music. You know, I get to just dress like I normally would and just show up and say some lines. And I tell you, I sat there and I tried to remember my lines. I had this big old paragraph I had to memorize, and I thought I had it down pat. It's like walking into the studio for the first time when you're 16 and you're like, wow, you, you lose track of whatever's going on in your brain. So when that camera started rolling, I had to recite my lines. There's a lot of lines. And I just sat there and I looked at them. What? Line. <laughs> Please throw me something. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. No, but it, no, I think I'm just going to stick to stick to music or just being an extra. If I do uh, appear on the big screen, it's going to be in the background. Eating some ice cream or sitting on a porch or something. I, I can't. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I, I, doing a bit of acting myself, it, it is hard. It is hard. Um, would you consider maybe theatre? crazy thing because I've been in musical theater I've been in plays I've been in musicals but I guess it's different when you got a camera in your face you know it's a little more stressful but <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> what, I guess it's like the big eye just watching it everywhere you go um I was in I was in Young Frankenstein I was I was Inga in Young Frankenstein and then I did nine to five I played Judy in nine to five what else? I was in some high school musicals back when I was in grade school, but to recite one paragraph in front of the camera, I couldn't do it. I could play a lead in a musical and have lines upon lines upon lines be fine. Not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Not on TV. Going, going, into, going into musical theater yeah, a second, uh, there was a moment um, when I was part of a show and I was in a coffin, I was playing, uh, I was in the um, Dracula Panto, and I was nice. playing Van Helsing, and it was lovely, it was a pretty lovely experience, and I was, mm -hmm. I was in the coffin at this particular time. My mic was live. I didn't realise my mic was live. Oh, no. I, I, literally said to my, I literally said to myself, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> I said to myself, have you ever had those moments on stage, <laughs> you know, in, in, in theatre shows, and gone, okay, how the hell did I get here? What's next? Mm -hmm. I thought to yourself. Oh my gosh, it was my first line. See, have you have you ever seen Young Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein? Have you seen the movie? No, I will be honest. No, really, it's really good. It's hilarious. Um, and I forget the actor. It's Mel Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks was the was the director and everything. Hilarious actor, amazing director. And Ingo, it was it was the story about Frankenstein practically but it was a little spin-off to be it was a uh, it was a 
comedy version of it. And I loved it so much. And I played Inga, which was the little German assistant to Frankenstein, the, the mad scientist. And so I had to run around in this ridiculous blonde wig with a German accent, singing all these songs. So my first scene on stage, the fr- very first scene I had on stage, uh, the uh, my Inga's, we're, we're showing her to the world. We're introducing Inga as as the assistant. I'm in a hay, I'm in a, I'm in a haystack in the back of a wagon on stage, and I'm hiding under this hay blanket, and I'm supposed to pop up and start singing. That was uh, it's called the first song was Rollin' the Hay. It's <laughs> the first song. <laughs> I just sing it with a German accent, and I had to yodel. I had to yodel. No. But I, I pop up. I pop up out of this. I pop up out of this wagon, and I have the whole cast is around me, and the main character he's he's saying something to me, and I didn't register what he said to me, so I'm just looking at him. This was the night they were filming the play. They had they were going to film it to put it on disc so all the cast members could have it. I guess that got into my brain that I'm being filmed, and I'm just like. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, so he just he just recites the next line and it hits me, you know. So I, I got I got my second line in, but the first one it, it was gone. It disappeared into the oblivion. It didn't return. It stayed out there. And uh, then I was great the rest of the show, but that first line, oh, I get stumped. I got stumped, and then my dresses sometimes wouldn't fit right. So it was just a lot of costume changes in between being quick about it, remembering not to talk when you get off stage, not to go to the bathroom in the middle of, you know, intermission with your mic still on all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it mics. Mike's uh, pick up a lot of things. <laughs> they are not forgiving at all. They're, they're, not, they're not always your friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> And I'm very loud. So the speakers, the little microphones and all that, it was, it'd be way on back because I was, my singing voice was so loud. Gosh. You, you mentioned yodeling in there. Is that, was that something that you've been doing for years or was you something, a skill that you really had to learn? You have to learn how to yodel. I can, I can flip my notes when I'm singing, kind of flip them, but yodeling is going the back and forth with a flip, you know, and I can't, I can't do that. I've tried it so many times, but for the song Rolling the Hay, Rolling the Hay, sorry, Rolling the Hay, uh, I, I did it, I think. I, I don't know where the video is of the entire play, but I assure you it was not great, but I did get it done. <laughs> I got the job done. Not well, but uh, it's a little, yodel. It's a, it's, it was a fast yodeling part that I could not get the notes down pat on, um, but we got through it. People loved it. So it worked out. But I don't know how to yodel properly. Yet. Yet. It's working program. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we've got another 10 minutes left before before the end of our interview now. I, I honestly I've got so many more questions. I know. We can do we can do another interview, of course. <laughs> we, we can literally do like a follow-up once you maybe you've done a tour or maybe even I, I would definitely take you up on the on the visit. Um, you should. You honestly should. It's amazing down here. It's very different, I imagine. I've never been to where you are. I don't know how it is over there. I'm um, I'm I'm in Oxford, so I'm very close to the Cotswolds area, and uh, okay. I'm 
yes, yeah, so we've got quite quite a lot of scene. There's a lot of like horses and ponies and stuff um, that are not have- too far away. Um, I, I don't live near them, but I don't yeah. own a horse. Definitely. I see them sometimes. I know they exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know that they exist. Um, <laughs> I, I do live near a farmer's field. Um, yeah. Okay. I, and, and, you know, that kind of area. Um, I used to go to there's a small little monument um, from a, a war from God knows how many years ago. Um, but I used to go and visit as a young un, and, um, and yeah, it's still there even now. <laughs> it's literally just an archway on its own, just an archway. It's weird. It's like my hometown. It's like my hometown. A lot of it's the same. Uh, there's a lot of things I did when I was a kid and little monuments or parks or the swing sets. They're all exactly the same. Um, but kind of industrialized around Meridian. It's a little different, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got five minutes oh. left. Is we there a song in? We can get a song in. What was the song in? I can do one. This is one of mine. Uh, it's called Early Monday. And we're actually shooting a music video for it right now. And we just finished up filming day before yesterday and going to get it edited and out by the end of the year. So it's called Early Monday. Monday will be the first day The first day of being free Starting early Monday you no longer be with you. Just remember the good times and the way it used to be. Starting early Monday. Starting Monday without. Wonder what he'll be doing first day of being free over your cup of coffee. Will you ever think of me? I hope you find the from being free and never feel the loneliness I feel inside of me I guess that old saying goes what is to be will be Starting early Monday, starting Monday without me. I loved you for a long time. You never liked being tied down. 
wedding rings hold certain vows that no longer face you now. You got the whole world before you. Your footloose, fancy free, starting early Monday. Starting Monday without me. I guess that old saying goes, what is to be will be. Starting early Monday. Starting Monday without me. Starting early Monday. Starting Monday without me. I love that. Love it. Thank you, honestly, so much. Going back all the way through your journey up to this point, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, gosh, until the beginning. Um, that's a really good question that I probably should have thought about. And so I've never thought about it till this moment. I've had a lot of doors shut in my face talking to myself. Okay. Don't take everything personal. You're going to get doors shut. You're going to have people tell you no. You're going to want to quit. Because I did. After a little while, I quit for a little while. Because it was too much. Don't quit. Keep writing. Pick up the pen and paper. And just be strong through it. I lost a lot of a lot of my drive. Um, so just don't lose the drive. Don't lose it. I know it's easy to, but don't. This is the one thing that I was sent to this earth to do. It's my one purpose that God gave me is he gave me a voice and I'm going to use it. So. That's awesome. That's an awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Great. Thanks. <laughs> so, Emily, just before we go, where can people hear your material? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's emilywhitemusic.com. And you can find me on pretty much any kind of streaming platform. I got Spotify, Apple Music. Um, what else is there? There's any any streaming platform. Uh, Emily White and Child of Mississippi. That's my whole album. You can check it out. And uh, yeah, go listen to me. As Thank you again, Emily White, for for agreeing to uh, to be a guest on uh, on ignite and uh, really I, I just thank you again for performing and just being you well thanks peter <laughs> thank you for having me i really appreciate it next time i see you hopefully i'll be back from a tour you know living the dream living the dream and we'll we'll set a date and we'll come over and we'll do a live from from yours. From the pier. Get from, from the, the pier. pier. You can go up the pond. Amazing. Over. Absolutely. Amazing. Let me know. We'll <laughs> I got an extra room. 
We will make it happen. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Emily.